Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Private Wealth Team at Safri Chambliss. My name is Leonora Stevens and I'm a partner in the Private Wealth Team based in Bristol. I'm delighted to be joined virtually by Mike Hodges, who's based in our Manchester office and who is the head of our Private Wealth Team at Safri's. Hello, Mike. Hi, Leo. In today's podcast, we'll consider planning ahead to the post-5 April tax changes. There's been a great deal of turbulence over the latter part of 2022 relating to the budgets and tax rate changes, depending on which Chancellor or Prime Minister was in place. With the final changes now set, we hope, Mike and I thought it would be useful to chat through a few ideas and things that clients may be considering either before the end of the year or things to consider post 5 April. I would add that the Chancellor is also set to give another budget on the 15th of March 2023, so we shall see what further measures he announces then. I thought I'd start by summarising a few of the key points which arose from the budget announced by the Chancellor on the 17th of November, specifically those relating to the private client sector. So first of all, the income level at which the additional rate of tax, being the 45% tax rate, will be reduced from 150k to 125,140 from the 6th of April 23. What does this mean? Well, if your income is 150k at the moment, then you'll have an additional amount of tax of about £1,200. But we can talk more about the marginal rate of tax in due course, which can see clients suffering tax at a rate of 60%. Another of the measures announced was the annual tax-free dividend allowance, reducing from £2,000 in the current year to £1,000 in 2023-24 and £500 um, for 24-25. Um, the capital gains tax annual exemption will reduce from 12,300 in the current year to 6,000 in the next tax year and 3,000 in 2024-25. And, and a final point that we'll be talking about is uh, relates to the corporation tax rate change with effect from April 23. So the corporation tax rate will be increasing from 19% to 25%. And this is likely to affect most family investment companies. Planning can be done to maximise the period um, of time when the company will suffer tax at 19 instead of 25%, and we'll cover off some of the planning points later in this podcast. So the above are the key changes we've discussed, and we'll now go on to discuss some of the practical things to consider. So Mike, do you want to explain the issues around the change in the additional rate threshold, in particular how it will impact taxpayers with income over 100k, and any practical tips people may want to consider to mitigate their tax position. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Leo. One of the things we'll be talking about in this is this whole concept of, of marginal rates. And I guess it's important just to, to establish our ground rules. And this is effectively saying, well, how much tax will you pay at certain points where your income goes up by a pound? So how much tax on that extra pound of income? And you might expect it to be a straight line, but in fact, it isn't. And actually, it looks a bit like, for those of you who are cricket followers, I am a bit like one of those Manhattan graphs they show of, of run rates when you're, you're following your cricket coverage. So it's not a straight line. And, and there are two key areas. And one of them is this level of income between 100,000 and this new threshold where the 45% rate kicks in at 125,140, which is a strange figure, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and at that level, for every pound of extra income you receive, you are paying tax at 62%. And that's because you are losing one pound of personal allowance for every two pounds of income. So not only are you paying tax at 
40% of that level, but you're losing personal allowance. And the, 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 the effect of, of losing the personal allowance gives you this marginal rate. And it's therefore one of those traps where we say to people who are who are likely to be in that area it going forward so from 6th of april or indeed up to 5th of april what can you do and you can do things that we've discussed in one of our previous podcasts which are things around making pension contributions making gift day gifts to charity or using eis or seis as, as investment tools if your circumstances are appropriate and each of those will reduce the amount of taxable income you have so if and therefore it's reducing the cost to you so if you if your cost of or your tax rate is 60 plus percent then it's only really costing you 40 percent to do one of these things pension contributions gift aid donations to charity or or an eis seis investment so that's that's the nub of the issue i suppose what clients could also think that with gift aid for example if you've missed the actual tax year, so if we're looking at current tax year now, 22, 23, and people think, oh, I haven't really got to it, and they start looking at it next year, and they, when they're doing their tax return, think, oh, no, I've suffered at 60, you can still make the gift aid contribution and carry back the relief to the 22, Absolutely. 23 tax yes. year. Before yeah. you've done your tax return for the future yeah. year, that, that's right. So I, I think with all of these things, and it's perhaps something we should be flagging throughout, don't just look at your tax once a year as you're dusting everything off after Christmas. Just keep it in your mind a bit more regularly than that so you've got time to, to keep all of these things, you know, under consideration. Exactly. So so hopefully that's covered that. One of the points you raised, Leo, was what's happening to, to dividend allowances because um, those are going down. Just say a bit more about that and what people might might think about doing pre-5th yeah. of April. Sure. Um, I appreciate that in the, in the grand scheme of things, a £2,000 annual dividend allowance isn't a huge amount of money. Um, but as we often say to all our clients, you want to make sure that you make the most of all allowances available to you where possible, because over time it really does build up. Um, so as I said earlier, the, the tax-free allowance is reducing um, to £1,000 next tax year and then £500 in 2024-25. So I know that with with, with some some couples where possible, um, where you've got a spouse or civil partner with sort of no dividend income and one with significant dividend income. Occasionally, clients will pass assets at no gain, no loss, so that the lower earning spouse then benefits from the tax-free dividend allowance. And when this was introduced um, it's a good few years ago now, it was there was an annual allowance of £5,000 a year, which was slightly more generous. But I suppose the key takeaway here is that even with this reduction in the dividend allowance, make sure that between the two of you in a, in a sort of marriage or civil partnership, that you are making sure that you're using and maximising personal allowances and basic rates of tax. So make sure that where possible, you can transfer income bearing assets um, between the two of you. Um, so yeah, there's not a huge amount on that because it's not a huge a huge figure. Um, but when it looks at the CGT annual exemption, that's a slightly bigger one. Is there anything that that clients should be considering again it's a, it's a it's a cliche isn't it this time of year make sure you use your annual exemption and if you're a married couple make sure that you've both got assets that you can sell to you both use your annual exemptions so definitely i suppose the only caveat is to say don't don't make disposals just for the sake of the tax if it's not a good time to sell for instance your you know investments in your investment portfolio I would never advise, I'm sure you wouldn't, Leo, just go ahead and be driven by the tax. I hate that expression, 
tuck's tail and 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 all of that and the the, the dog but um but don't do it don't let the tax drive what sensible commercial decisions but if it makes sense commercially to realize some gains ahead of the end of the tax year on the 5th of april do that to make sure your your you and or you and your spouse are using your 12300 annual exemption because that is falling so better to make a disposal and benefit from that on the 5th of april rather than the 6th of april and it's always felt to me ever since i've done tax that these are arbitrary deadlines they are arbitrary but 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 that's the way the rules work so it's a it's a use it or lose it situation and it's i for one was slightly surprised that at a relatively modest level the chancellor would be looking to reduce the annual exemption because you wouldn't think that that was really where he would be looking at you know middle england middling taxpayers but that's the way it is we, we've just got to to get used i think to to a regime where a lot of these allowances aren't as generous as they they were but so please do use them and and in, with investments if you if you talk about an investment portfolio do that in conjunction with your investment advisor i think also i mean there's two things to think there is that it uh, that yes, it seems strange that they're reducing the annual exemption, especially as as now more people probably be brought into the tax net uh, or having, having to, to, to disclose the, the gains that they've made. The other thing to think about also, and I think this is what we discussed yesterday, um, it's it's a nice allowance to have. But equally, if you're making a gain and you, you haven't got any annual exemption available, and if you're a basic rate taxpayer, you can only be paying 10% on that. So you're still getting 90% of the gain without that tax free benefit but you know that's still not a bad amount to have in your pocket and, and you know, as you said it could pay for a nice holiday yeah i'm always into nice holidays if you can if you can <laughs> fund it and if you can fund it by using your uh, your tax allowances then, then so much the better and, and also one following on from one of your other points um you know about commercial decisions and this is something we harp on about all the time with clients and we've mentioned many times in our podcasts is that when it comes to CGT and, you know, the fears over the increase, if you're happy with the rate now and it's a, a transaction that you're thinking of doing, just get on and do it. And, you know, if you're happy to say if you're happy with the rate, then make the most of that rate whilst it's still low before potentially if we ever have a Labour government coming in and they up the rates. Absolutely. Lock it in. That We've had internally a little exchange of emails recently with a suggestion that there is a commitment not to increase the headline rates, um, which I think was suggested by a client whose who's legal advisor had said this. I don't think we could find anything by way of manifesto commitment or anything else that says, no, there won't be a capital gains tax rate increase. We've been talking about allowances, but a rate increase. So from the rates we're used to, where the, the, the main rates for higher rate taxpayers are 20% and 28% for, for residential property. So those aren't locked in. And as you said earlier on, Leo, we do have a budget on the 15th of March. So who knows? I hate this bit when people start to predict. So you're absolutely, absolutely right. If you've got something you can do now and, and you know what the rates are and that's fine, do it and uh, and don't wait um and then the other thing you get asked and i i jotted down that the, the latest we can have an election is january 2025 so again that's a point if we think we know what the rules are up to that point as far as we as far as we can we certainly don't know what a change of government might might bring so that again is a just a date 
feels like a long way off, doesn't it, when we're talking about 5th of April 23, but just something for people to have in mind if they're doing a bit of bit of forward planning. The final topic we were going to talk about actually briefly was on family investment companies and yeah. planning to be done before the end of the year. Um, and so, um, yeah, the, the corporation tax rate is currently 19%. And um, from 1st of April 2023, this will increase to 25%. Most fixed or family investment companies, they actually don't pay corporation tax on their dividend income. Um, and so it's only uh, only corporation tax are paid on the gains or any interest generated. So depending on what they've got within their portfolio, it may, it may not be of such a concern. But uh, this is an area that we've been dealing with a lot of clients on recently. So if, for example, a FIC has got um, a year end of 31st of March 23, then, you know, a tip would be perhaps to considering consider crystallising some gains now to maximise the 19% rate. However, where the big part of planning can be done is if you've got an accounting year end of, say, 30th of September, what you can do is you can think about extending your year end from, let's say, September 22 to 31st of March 23. And that will give you an extra six months of profits at 19% instead of 25. So if you're thinking about sort of rebasing your portfolio or um, you think that you're going to need to crystallize some gains anyway to make some dividend payments, then you should definitely think talk talk to your tax advisor and your investment manager um, about whether you should extend that period by six months up until um, the 31st of March. And so there are a few traps though. So I would definitely recommend seeking advice before you before you do anything. And finally, Mike, have you got any other closing thoughts on the topic or generally? I think it's just do things earlier. And I'm I'm the, the worst at this. So I'm always all the reminders for doing your tax return. I'm I'm the one who's getting te- texts up until the end of January from HMRC saying, oh, we're, we're still waiting for your tax return. So it's very much a case of do what I say, not do what I do. But but do it a bit early. Don't be frightened. Don't don't. I know some people are intimidated by tax and the tax regime. But much better to to spend five minutes, pick up the phone to Leah or to me or to whoever looks after your tax. Have a quick chat just to to reassure yourself and do it sooner rather than later, because nothing worse than thinking, oh, I should have done that a week ago or a month ago. And I didn't. And I've let it lie. I'm I'm the worst at that. So I don't know if you've got anything else, Leah, but that's the sort of general common sense thing that I would always say to people. Yeah, exactly. So don't leave it to the end so that you can then have time to do any, not really planning, but you, you can make some savings where we can if we give us if you give us sufficient time. It's good housekeeping, isn't it, really? Yes, exactly. Um, well, thank you very much, Mike, for joining me today. Thank um, you. We work with a wide range of clients. Many are UK-based and many live overseas but have interests here, whether that's property, business interests or investments. We advise individuals and families on how best to safeguard, maintain and enhance their wealth and on the most appropriate methods of passing that wealth to the next generation. We also help people comply with the tax rules in the UK, which can be complex. If you'd like to find out more about how Safri Chapman's can help you, please head over to the Safri Chapman's website at www.safri.com. However, it is important for me to stress that if you're considering any of the topics discussed today, you must always take professional advice based on your individual circumstances. Thank you for listening.